When our best fur friends leave our world, many of us are left wanting one last scritch, one last hug, one last walk together. One Last Network is a space for pet guardians to honor their pets in their senior years and to cope with the days leading up to and after their passing. Here's your host, Angela Schneider, founder of One Last Network and Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington. Hi. Welcome back to One Last Network and the art of coulda, woulda, shoulda. I woke up smiling one day last week. I had been dreaming and all I could see was my mother's face. She was smiling and laughing. Her face would disappear and reappear in another location or she was wearing something different. But she was always smiling and laughing. I took Bella for a walk later that morning and the thoughts of the dream came back to me. Then I got hit with a big tsunami of grief. It might not have been so bad if guilt wasn't riding that wave, too. I started wishing I could have seen her smile more. I wished I could have made her smile more. I felt the weight of guilt that I didn't go home to Nova Scotia from Spokane, Washington more often. Especially that last Christmas when I knew after a spate of flooding in my hometown, she might have needed me. And of course she was gone a little more than a month later. That guilt was painful. That guilt is painful. But I let it wash over me. I let myself feel it so I could heal it. I'm no stranger to guilt. Every spring and summer, my Facebook memories torture me with photos of Shep. How could I have not seen he was ill? Why couldn't I have made him better? Was he in pain and I chose not to see that? Today, we're digging into the complex intertwined emotions of guilt and grief. Losing a pet can be an incredibly challenging and heartbreaking experience. And understanding the psychological aspects between guilt and grief can help us navigate this difficult journey. Now remember, I'm no shrink or a therapist or a counselor. I am a grief educator certified by David Kessler and grief.com and a pet loss grief companion certified by Two Hearts Pet Loss Center. The loss of a pet has a profound impact on our lives. Our pets become cherished family members offering unconditional love, companionship, and joy. As they age or fall ill, we face the painful reality of their mortality, often triggering anticipatory grief and guilt. Anticipatory grief is a complex emotional response where we begin to mourn our pets even before they have passed away. During this phase, guilt can arise as we question whether we are providing the best care, making the right medical decisions, or spending enough quality time with them. This internal conflict between what we think we could be doing and what we are doing can be overwhelming. And after the loss, feelings of guilt are often brought on by the circumstances surrounding the loss, the sense of responsibility we feel toward our pets and the bond we've created with them. It blasts through when we feel like we have violated our own values or like we have caused harm to our pets in their last walks with us. 
We want to assert our control over the situation by taking blame for the harm or the loss. If it's my fault, then I could have prevented the loss and this subsequent pain from happening. The trouble is, this self-blame slows down our healing. The role of cognitive variables in psychological functioning after the death of a first relative, a 2003 study by Paul A. Boleyn, Ian Vandenbout, and Marcel A. Vandenbout, demonstrated that higher self-blame correlates with higher psychological distress and more severe grief reactions. Margaret Strobe et al. further found in 2014 that self-blame is a major determinant in shaping the time course of grief over the loss of a partner. Knowing that the loss of a pet is similar to losing a partner, we can surmise that the guilt we feel after our dogs and cats move on from this life can be all-consuming. Our guilt in pet loss is rooted in the idea that we could have saved our pet somehow or that we made the decision too soon or not soon enough. Euthanasia is a significant source of our guilt. We think we're playing God or questioning if we made the right choice. I've had the thought run through my head, I killed my best friend, I killed him. And I've had friends confide that they've felt the same way. Even when we know it is the most compassionate choice, doubts may creep in, causing us to second guess our decisions and wonder if we could have prolonged their life or done something differently. And we may find ourselves lamenting missed opportunities to create more memories or moments of joy with them. These feelings of guilt can overshadow the love and care we provided throughout their lives. We ask ourselves, what if? dwelling on the actions we took and the decisions we made while they were alive. What if I had fed him raw? Would he have lived longer? What if I had fixed the broken latch on the gate sooner? Would she have run away? We believe we didn't provide good care. We believe we could have done more for their treatment for a terrible illness. We believe we didn't love them enough to save them. We may also feel guilty because their death brings a certain wave of relief. We don't have to take them to the vet every week for treatments anymore. We don't have to monitor them 24-7 through their illness. We get a break. We can take vacations without worrying about pet sitters. There's freedom, but then that freedom becomes a source of ambivalence because starting to re-engage with our lives means in our heads we're being disrespectful to their memory. And we believe we didn't have enough time with them. Well, that last one is probably true. Always true. We can never have enough time with them. Our pets hold such a special place in our lives. They love us unconditionally, and they listen to us yammer on about love, life, work, and all the things, <laughs> completely without judgment. The bond we build with them is incomparable, and so many of us feel like our hearts have been ripped out of our chests and smashed under a boot when they're gone. That love, that huge responsibility we take on for their care and happiness, leave us feeling like we could have, should have done more to protect them. But we can't save them from the inevitable. And we mostly don't have control over when or how the inevitable arrives. My grief mentor David Kessler notes that we would rather feel guilty than helpless over that inevitable. 
We want to find an aspect of control, and so we take the responsibility for that inevitable onto ourselves. Because, David says, we would rather blame ourselves than be in a world where bad things happen. The reality is, he says, the world is not in our control. What is in our control is how we think and feel about the inevitable. We can mitigate our feelings of guilt and grief by ensuring we plan for the inevitable well in advance. We can, as our friend Colleen Ellis of Two Hearts Pet Loss Center advises, ensure we have made decisions on what the end will look like for our pets. Will we do it at home or in in clinic euthanasia? What will we do with the remains, cremate or bury? Will we be present at the end? And plan that bucket list of things you want to do with your best fur friend before there is no more time left to do those things. A walk on the beach, a day at the park, a celebration of life with friends and family, a professional photography session, a last meal. The bucket list is also a wonderful opportunity to repay our pets lessons to slow down and live more in the moment. Our greatest gift back to them is to be present with them whenever we can. And those moments of presence become memories that can carry us forward into a world without them physically by our side. A world possibly without grief, knowing that we love them as much as humanly possible and then some. That will one day bring a smile to our face and remind us of the good times, the happy times, the lessons learned. It's also important to acknowledge and validate what we're feeling. When we have a moment, like the one I did with the dream of my mother, we must allow ourselves to feel it. Those emotions are real and normal and valid. And then we can stop ourselves, reflect for a moment, and explore where those feelings are coming from. Is there anything I can change now about visiting my mother? No. Is there anything I could have changed about the how, when, and why she died? No. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? It really gets us nowhere ruminating on the things we could have done but cannot change today. And consider Occam's razor, that the simplest explanation is usually the best and truest one. Could I have noticed Shep starting to fail? No. I did not know at the time what I might have been looking for. Should I have gotten him to the vet sooner? Maybe, probably, but I cannot change that in this moment today. The reality is, he was 12 and a half years old. He was nine months out from having life-saving surgery for a flipped stomach. His old body was ready for release. What I can change is how I address those feelings when they arise. Rather than allowing them to consume me, I confront them, explore them, and find a path forward, knowing that I only have control over my reactions and my feelings. And we can seek support from friends, family, or specialists who understand our grief and guilt. It's important to look for support, though, from people who get you, not the ones who will brightside you and say, you did the best you could but the ones who will validate your feelings and give you the space to talk through them. Professional help is available too. If you're stuck, please look up our friend Beth Bigler of honoringouranimals.com or look for pet loss grief support groups online or in your area. 
above all else, show yourself compassion. Grief is hard. It can be overwhelming and confusing, and some days you just don't know where to turn or what to do with yourself. Redirect those awful thoughts to the love and care you provided to your pet throughout their life. Acknowledge that the decisions you made were based on love and compassion, even the tough ones. And hold on to the memories. A time will come when you smile through the tears, as hard as that is to believe when you're grieving. Friends, I get it. If you have a particular story of guilt and grief you'd like to share, I'm always listening. Reach out via Angela at OneLastNetwork.com or drop me a line on Instagram or Facebook. Next week, I'm chatting with Erica Messer of Wolfie's Wish about her award-winning pet loss grieving cards that are designed to facilitate healing with simple daily practices and affirmations. Until then. I'm Angela Schneider, owner of Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington, and your host at One Last Network, signing off to go get some Bella Snuggles. Listen to One Last Network on whichever podcast platform you prefer. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have a friend who might be interested in our content, make sure you share us with them. Thanks for listening.